Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. We got one verse. One verse, but we got a lot to cover, believe it or not, because we're really setting the foundation uh, from what we asked that question last week, who do you say that I am? That Jesus asked that question, and this week we're going to start laying the foundation, almost pouring the concrete of answering that question uh, as we look at the birth of Jesus. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 14 says this, and it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We pray for uh, just, uh, we pray for for this church, Lord. We pray for uh, the things that are happening within this church, and and we thank you, Father God, for those that are here. Uh, We ask, Lord, that you would just continue to uh, to guide and direct uh, those families that are here, the, uh, the, the marriages that are represented here, and also just to us, Lord, individually, that you would guide and direct our lives, Lord, that we would follow you, um, and, and that you would be the Lord of our life, Lord, the Lord of our heart. And uh, we seek application as we learn about the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, and all the prophecies that were fulfilled and uh, it's just a beautiful time of year, uh, and, and I just left Katie, and, and, and we were at some events there and just saw a lot of people come to know faith, and what a beautiful time for it to happen is uh, before the birth of your son, and um, we pray for those that gave their life to the Lord, and uh, just ask, Lord, that you would connect them uh, through discipleship, connect them into churches, and and that they would continue to grow. And, and we ask that here in this community as well. Um, there are many lost that need Jesus and many that are hurting and going through anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts. And Lord, we pray that, uh, uh, that you would reveal yourself to them and, and uh, let them know that you're there. And if they don't know you, that they would come to know you. Uh, We thank you so much for all that you're doing, and we just lift these things up and ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, so we'll look at this actually in three parts. I know we only have one verse, but we're going to look first at a Savior is born, uh, and then we'll look at a Savior dwelt among us, and then our third point, a Savior's glory full of grace and truth. So last week we asked the most important question of your life, that Jesus asked, Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You have to be able to answer that question. And as we enter into Advent, uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to spend some time answering that question. It's almost like if you're pouring the foundation of your house, you're pouring the concrete now. And over the next Wednesday and Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday, we're going to keep building the house. See, the thing is, is in order for you to be able to answer that question, and you may already be able to answer it, But can you explain that to somebody? When you share the gospel, can you tell them who Jesus is? That's important. You know, I I can remember the first time walking into a church in 2008, not knowing Jesus Christ. It was right after Thanksgiving. My wife, Teresa, had had enough of me and left. And so she decided to show up at Grace Calvary Chapel, and I figured, well, I'll go and try to mend fences. I didn't go for God. And I attended that church throughout Christmas, and uh, she came home, and then by January 2nd, January 3rd, she had had enough of me, and she left again. And, and I ended up giving my life to the Lord on January 11th of 2009 because I had come to the end of myself. I had realized there was nothing else I could do to fix this. Only Christ could. 
And so for us, having a personal relationship with Jesus is so important. And for me, I was just talking to somebody this past week uh, about how I could tell you more of the attributes of Santa Claus, who's not real, right? Okay? Then I could Jesus Christ. And, and that's a question that you have to ask yourself now. Can your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews tell you more about Santa than they can Christ? It's, it's, it's important. Uh, because what's happened is Satan has taken Christmas and made it a commercial thing. And made it about presents. Right? And made it about parties. And, and made it about Santa Claus and shopping. And that's, that's what we grew up in. My mom, her whole thing was, let's try to put more presents than were under the tree the last year. You have to understand, when you have an alcoholic father and a mom who was disconnected herself, and they thought, well, once a year, if I buy that present, that's going to fix the problem. And by January 2nd, the kid was done. We were, we were already worn out of the present, the, the toy. And we were back to the same problems we had in, the, in our family. Presents don't fix it. It's the presence of God. And so one of the things that, uh, that Santa Claus, you know, as you think about it, Santa Claus was actually based on Nicholas, a bishop of, uh, of Myra, and, and, and was a real person that was just doing the work of the Lord. But it was the Catholic Church that decided to saint him. And that's where St. Nick came from. And then the substitute came with Santa Claus. When, and, and that's really, at the end of the day, where Satan has just taken that and run with it. Because if you think about it, how many kids do you know that could actually give you more of the attributes of Santa Claus than they could Christmas, of Christ? I know that was like that for me. See, we have to understand that there's over 300 prophecies that were fulfilled. Fulfilled. In the Old Testament of his birth, his life, and his resurrection, and his death. And so we need to understand the real purpose of Christmas is not about the presence under the tree, but it's about his presence in our life. The presence of Christ in our life. It's about understanding that he's the only begotten son. And, and he provided salvation for all of us, even though we didn't deserve it. So as we look at that first part, as a Savior is born and the Word became flesh, it says, and the Word became flesh. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 18, it says, uh, and this is Solomon who said this, the man of all wisdom, and he says, but will in God indeed dwell with man on earth? That was a question. Guess what? Yes. Solomon didn't know that. Solomon didn't know that Jesus Christ was coming, that God was going to send His Son. Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. So when he asked that question, he's talking about the temple. But he didn't know that Jesus Christ was going to come. And, 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 and so when we look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was nothing, anything made that was made. And so who is the Word? Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word. This is, this is why it puzzles me why people won't spend time in God's Word. It's, it's important for you to actually spend time in God's Word. That's how you're going to hear from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's fully God, fully man, who, who stood outside of time and, and then comes on the scene 2,000 years ago. But most people or most cults will teach that Jesus just came on the scene 2,000 years ago, and that's not true. Some will teach that he was a created being. We talked about that last week. He's always been present in the beginning. He's always existed. We know that through Scripture in John chapter 8, verses 58. It says, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That was Jesus speaking. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So the Lord Jesus is, is, has abandoned His sovereign position, come from heaven to put on this filthy 
flesh and to be in the sinful world just for us. And it tells us that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 7. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born of the likeness of men. So we know that Jesus, the Savior, was born, the Word became flesh, and, and we know that, that Mary was told uh, when the angel told her in Luke chapter 1, verses 30, it, it says, uh, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with, with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be a great uh, and, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him a throne of, of his father, and he will reign over the house of Jacob and, and of his kingdom, and there will be no end. And this goes back to what, what David was told in 2 Samuel. Uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, verse 12, it says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. And you shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he will be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him. And with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away uh, from before you and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever as he uh, as, as David found out that his kingdom was going to go forever. We also know in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, uh, as the word became flesh, we say, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we, were, uh, we are yet without sin. You have a baby that's being born, or Jesus being born helpless, in a manger, right? Hungry, crying, fully dependent on Joseph and Mary. Humility. And that's, that's Jesus in the flesh. So he went through everything that, that, that we go through, the pain, the temptation, the, the grief, the rejection. Jesus understands you. He's a high priest that understands you. And so, unfortunately, we talked about this past, this past week uh, as we talked about uh, those religions that actually make the claim that Jesus was just a good person or a good teacher. Or they'll take that verse in John chapter 1, verse 1, and they twist it and try to make Jesus the little God. And, and so, uh, we see that... that one thing that you do need to understand is there, there are no prophecies that detail the birth of Muhammad in the Quran. Not one. Not one. Uh, there are none of Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon. Not one. Not foretelling of his birth. No prophecy of it. Same with Charles Taze Russell of Je Jehovah Witness. There are no prophecies pinpointing the birth of any of those leaders. Yet in the Old Testament, we have numerous details of the life of the Son of God and those prophecies being fulfilled and answered. I think it was Warren Worsby that actually they, they, that talked about this at one point because there's been 300, just think about this, 300 prophecies that have been fulfilled of his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And Warren Worsby said you could fill the state of Texas with coins up to your knees. Now think about how big the state of Texas is. From El Paso just to Beaumont or Dallas down to Houston or Galveston, how far that is. And he said, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take one coin and I'll mark it red on both sides. And I'll put you in a helicopter or a boat because you can go on boat in Texas. Believe it or not, we have water. Right? I'm going to cover your eyes and I'm going to let you reach down and pick up one coin. 
the chance of you picking up that one coin is the chance of even one of those prophecies being fulfilled. That's, th this has been foretold since back in the Old Testament. And people, you know, one of the things that we talked about is, is people right now are not believing in, um, are not believing in facts. This is one of the things that we're, we're finding out. That people don't care that there are prophecies that have been fulfilled. Right? You can sit and, and sit down with him and go over the word of God and say, look, this is where Jesus did this. This is where this prophecy was fulfilled. And they don't, they're, they're just not into that. But you need to understand for you that to have that foundation is to understand that, that those prophecies have been fulfilled and, and the chances of those things being fulfilled are, are I mean, just think about that. That's a lot. You know, and, and so when we see in the word became flesh, let's take jump back into the story on Luke chapter 1, verse 34. And it says, And Mary said to the angel, how will, this be, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age will also conceive, conceive the son. And this is the sixth month with her was called barren. So Elizabeth has John the Baptist. And that's a miracle within itself because she couldn't have children and she was of old age. Right? In verse 37 it says, For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, that's one thing that we need to understand is whatever God has, what you're going through right now, there's nothing impossible for God. I met a kid this past Wednesday, 14 days sober, gave his life to Jesus Christ because he was at that event at a bar. He shows up to the church the next night. And God is doing something in his life. And, and I'm, from talking with him, I'm sure that he thought it was impossible for him to ever be reached. But God, God reached that kid. And it's important for us to understand. It's like we have, and this is one of the things that we talked about. It's like we need to be doing what we're called to do the way Mary did according to his word. I love that Mary says that. She says, let it be to me according to your word. Who is the word? Jesus. It's like we need to get back to spending time in God's word, but actually applying God's word. This is a teenager, 16, 15, 16 years old, and she's going to do according to what God's word says. We, we learned about Daniel. They were teenagers, and they were doing what God's Word was telling them to do. And let me tell you, this, this younger generation, they're hungry. They're hungry. They're looking for answers. But you have to be willing to, to actually talk with them and, and share the gospel with them and listen to them. It's important for us to understand why we believe that God's Word is, is reliable. I, I believe God's word is transforming. It, 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 it transformed my life. It made me understand what it mean, uh, meant to be a godly father or a husband. I didn't understand any of that. My dad never explained any of that. But God's word does. It does. And so when we, when we look at what Mary, Mary is going to do what, uh, according to what God's word says, we need to understand why we study the Bible. You know, we need to understand that it's inerrant, uh, that it had been written over uh, 1,550 years, and there's 40 different human authors from, from crazy backgrounds, from tax collectors to fishermen. I heard the quote this week, filthy fishermen at that, right? And, it, and I love it because it's a collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses. 
during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses, and they reported the supernatural events that took place and the fulfillment of specific prophecies and the claim that the writings are divine rather than human in origin. It's God-breathed. The Bible answers some of the biggest questions in our life, like why am I here? What happens to me when I die? They're, they answer those questions. But you know what the one unified message is of the Bible? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation. And so for us as believers, as followers of Jesus, we have to be in God's Word. We have to apply God's Word. That means daily. It's not you coming to get fed on Sunday and Wednesday. That's awesome. I love that you're here. But it's you actually opening up God's Word the rest of the days of the week because you need to hear. How do you hear from God? It's through God's Word. You want to hear from Jesus? Open His Word. In Psalm 119.11, it says, I have stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And, and a lot of people don't have anything stored up in their heart but the world. They don't, they don't have anything to give. In Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And if you're not in God's word, you're walking in darkness. And that's probably the simplest way to put it. If you don't spend time in God's word, how do you know where to go? That's what guides you. And that's what guides you. And, and, and you know, as we, we see in the word became flesh, we'll look at Luke chapter 2. Uh, verses 1 through 7, as we look at a little bit more of the birth of Jesus, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would, uh, should be registered. And this was the first registration of Canarius, was uh, the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went up uh, from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, with, with his child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth uh, to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Prophecies being fulfilled at the right exact time. There's the Pax Romana, and there, there's roads now. There's the, so as Jesus is being born, the gospel is going to be able to go out when Jesus is ready to start his ministry. It's happening at the right time. The prophecy is fulfilled. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says, for, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a, a son is given, and the government shall be upon him. His, his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and, uh, and over, his king, over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the host will do this. And Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, Therefore, the Lord, shall, uh, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so we see the Word uh, became flesh, and now let's look at that second point as it dwelt among us, as we look from the cradle to the cross. And, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let's continue the story in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keep watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, the angel said to them, Fear not, for I, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto us, this, uh, born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, uh, and this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, every time you see in the Bible when an angel appears, most people are afraid, and the next thing you hear is fear not, right? Now, just side note, uh, none, of your, none of the people that you know that have gone to, be, to go home to be with the Lord are angels, okay? That's, that's the created being. They're separate. 
And so that's just a side note. Um, one of the things I love in verse 10 of Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says that I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy that will be for all people. Um, I, let me tell you, one of the things that's crazy is that this news goes to the shepherds. The shepherds couldn't even testify in court. Because that's how lowly they were. I watched a Sonny Sandoval from POD speaking at the church. Probably one of the most humble dudes I've ever met. I mean, just humility. He looks for that one person that's off by themselves. The crowd's over here and there's that one person for all, and he goes to minister to that one person. And they asked him, well, you introduce yourself. He goes, I'm a nobody. And, and, and there's just this, he said, man, I, I, he goes, I'm not a pastor or anything like that, but maybe I'm a shepherd. And I was like, you, David was a shepherd and Jesus was <laughs> he is the shepherd, right? It's like, dude, you have it in you. You have the heart for the loss. And that's something that we need as, as we see the shepherds receiving the, um, uh, receiving the news. But one of the things that we need to remember is that during Christmas, and throughout the year, the good news of great joy should go out to all people. To all people. To all people. There, there's so much anxiety and fear and suicidal things that are happening. We met a girl that was cutting herself because she couldn't feel anything. That was the only time she would feel something. People are hurting right now. And they're looking for answers, and the answer is Jesus. But they got it. The gospel has to go out. It has to go out. The shepherds. These were the uh, the shepherds for the temple, so they were responsible for making sure that the lambs had no defects on it. And so one of the things that the shepherds would do is they would wrap the lambs tightly in cloth to keep them from getting any blemishes on it. And so when you see Jesus, uh, you know, wrapped. Uh, baby wrapped in swaddling cloths is to remind us that he is the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God. That's what it tells us in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Same with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and, and such as are in, in the sea and all that are in them I heard them saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power to be, uh, be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. And I love what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And it says, And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace among those whom he is, he is pleased. They're praising God, and we also, as we read in Revelation, they're worshiping God. This is what we should be doing. There should be joy in this. And, and the message of Jesus Christ is, is there should be joy. You're going to be worshiping and praising God in heaven. Right? And so that's something that we need to remember uh, the other thing is, uh, you will not find peace on this earth except through Jesus Christ. And that's why he says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I've said this before. I can allow you to pick whoever you want for president. I'll let you pick every congress member and every senator. And guess what? There will be no peace. The only peace that we have is in Christ. At the end of the day, it is God's gracious gift of peace and that goodwill that He, he, he gives to us. And that's something that, that is there and available for us daily. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them into the heavens, and the shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Isn't it awesome when you do what God's... You were told to go see this thing, and you go do it. They're obedient. You see Mary obedient. You see the shepherds being obedient. I was reading yesterday. It's very important that you understand this. One of the things that we see as we look at the nation of Israel, cursed, disobedience. When they were disobedience, they were cursed. When they were being obedient, there was blessing. You want blessing in your life? Be obedient to God. Be obedient to His Word. In Luke chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now they're glorifying and praising God. You're like, once you've seen Emmanuel, you see him wrapped in swaddling clothing, and, and this is going to be the one that, that will die for you. You should be spreading the word. They're, they're going to go out, and they're going to tell people, right? It says, you know, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They're going to go out and tell everybody. They're going to go out and tell everybody. And so for us, we should have that same joy of going out and sharing the gospel. We've been commanded to do it. And yet, you know, that's something that, that a, a lot of people think that's the pastor's job. That's the church's job. No, it's, if you're a follower of Christ, you've been commanded to do it. You're supposed to go out and tell. And guess what? You're going to see people that you may not see but once a year. They only show up for Thanksgiving or Christmas, right? That's your opportunity. If the door opens and, and God gives you an opportunity to share the gospel with them, then you share the gospel with them. If they want to start getting argumentative, I just back away and I move on to the next person. Right? And, and so at the end of the day, we need to keep continuing to praise God have great joy and share with great news the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's continue in Luke chapter 2, verse 21, as we look at as it dwelt to, uh, as the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, it, and at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called uh, Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for the purification according to the laws of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written, the law of the Lord, every male who first opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Uh, now there is, uh, was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord, Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do, him, uh, do for him according to the customs, uh, custom of the law, he took him up in his arm and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your, your people Israel. And, and as we look at Simeon, one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of look at is, is Simeon, it says that, that he would not depart or he would not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. And let me tell you, there are people that you know that you need to be praying that they come to know Christ before they see death. Um, and that their eyes would be open to, the, to salvation. Their hearts would be open to understand who Jesus is. Uh, sadly, there are a lot of people that are, are walking in darkness today that need to know who Jesus Christ is. 
And it picks it up in verse 33, and it says, And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed, a sword will pierce through your own soul, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now, as we know that, that Mary is going to be there when Jesus is crucified. And so one of the things we see is from the cradle to the cross is, is we know that Mary is going to watch her son be crucified. And, and her heart will, her soul will be pierced. Now, she probably didn't understand this when Simeon was saying this. But she probably remembered this when she was watching her son be crucified. In John 19:25 it says but standing by the cross Jesus was with his mother with his, uh, Jesus were, were his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene and we know that Jesus you know dies on the cross and and he was being obedient to his father in Philippians chapter 2 verses 7 and 8 but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Very important that you understand, as, as, as a follower of Christ, just a couple quick things out of that verse, you need to empty yourself. You need to die to yourself daily. You need to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And you need to be humble. Humble. Humility. Humble. And obedient. Obedient. That's what Jesus was to the point of death, even death on the cross. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy uh, was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross. He was obedient to the Father. And the last point we look at is the Savior's glory full of grace. In John 1, 14, it says, And, and we have seen his glory, glory as... as as of the Son, only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the glory, when we talk about the glory of God, one of the things we need to remember is in the tabernacle, right? In the Old Testament, the tabernacle, in, the, in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, it says, And the cloud covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In John chapter 8, verse 12, and, and again, this is what Jesus, uh, when He said, He says, And again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. His glory. He's the light. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, as a, as a, as a follower of Jesus, we need, to, we need to look to be the light of Christ. Because that's what people will look to, is, is you're a reflection of Christ. You're supposed to be. One of the things that I heard quite a bit, church got beat up pretty good Wednesday night. A lot of hypocrites. A lot of Bible beating, trying to bring people to Christ. Um, and, I, and I've been there. I understand that. And, and sadly, I mean, we need to be the light of Christ. And that means that your life should reflect Christ it's not your life and I I had talked with a friend of mine who uh, has a good friend um, unbelievable I mean the, the kid is uh, I've known him for a few years but he's he keeps bouncing remember we talked about having a foot in the world and a foot in the church can't smoke weed and be in the church well he well the, those other Christians are doing it you're not supposed to look to another Christian. You look to Christ. That's who, you're, that's who you measure yourself to. And you'll fall short every time. Don't look to another Christian. And don't use them as a crutch to say, well, if they're doing it, I, could, I can do it. And he told me, he goes, I love that brother to death, man, but we, we are, we're not walking together because we don't agree. I love him. He goes, but he doesn't agree. 
he wants to do the things of the world he needs to he needs to leave that be and then when he leaves that be me and him are we're we're like that we'll we'll do ministry all day long but yeah it's it, it's where to shine where to shine we're supposed to be the salt and the light of the uh, the world Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says long ago in times in many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in the last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world he is the radiance and the of the glory of of God in the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by his word of his power after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of, of the majesty on high. It says he, he is the radiance of the glory of God. So when we see that in, in John uh, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And we have seen his glory, glory as only the Son from the Father. Only from the Son from the Father. And, and it's full of what? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Now, I, I've said this and I'll keep saying this. You have enough grace for the journey. But that means as, you, as God gives you grace for the journey, you need to provide that grace for somebody else. Right? You need to, you need to share that same grace with somebody else. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1-8, through 8, Before grace we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Uh, and in which you were once uh, walked for following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Let that train come through. That's two today. Among whom we all uh, once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of, the, of mankind. That's what we were before Christ. That's what I was before January 11th of 2009. I, I was working for the enemy. I was, I was an enemy against Christ. I choose to follow the world. And, and, and I love the next verse in verse 4 in Ephesians chapter 2. and verse 4 it says, But God. That's where most of our stories started. But God. I was this, but God came and saved me. It's the beauty of the gospel. But God, being rich in, in mercy because of great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages, he might show his immeasurable riches of grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's by grace. It's by grace. And, and, it, and, and it's that the, the, the Son is full of grace and truth. And in John chapter 18, as, as we remember when Pilate asked that question, what is truth? The truth was standing right in front of him. The truth was standing right in front of him. And so, you know, we, we see that today. Uh, a lot of people will ask that same question. What is truth? And that, that question will be answered one way or another. You're either going to answer it yourself or it'll be answered for you. Are you, uh, and some people reject Christ. I always tell people, you know what? If somebody is not willing to talk to you about the gospel, or they're saying, you know what? I just don't know if this is real or not. Ask them. And ask them, and, and, and ask them to do this sincerely. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Seriously. That God would show up in some way to reveal himself that he is truth. But when he does, you need to follow. You need to follow. And, and let me tell you, that happens all the time. 
people people come to know faith because of that and and that's what we need to pray if they don't want to if they go man i just don't know about this thing you know what let me let you be but let me ask you this ask god to reveal himself to you and when he does follow him god bless you love you i'll talk to you later and you move on truth as we look at the grace the truth is is very simply put in philippians chapter 2 verses 9 and 11 therefore god has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god and the father so at some point every knee will bow every tongue will confess and, and this is why we talk about this. At the end of the day, the birth of Christ is to, an Advent season is to remind us as Christians, to encourage us as Christians, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that He died on the cross for your sins. And that He loves you even as you are. And yet the work is not done. The work's just getting started. When you give your life over to Him and you give your, uh, your heart to Him, God does a, a, just a, a, a refreshing work in your life. I, I, you can ask any of my kids. I, the man that I am now is not the man I was. You can ask my wife. We were, we were on our way to divorce. And God saved the marriage. But God saved the marriage. But God saved the five kids. But God only has, this is our first generation of grandkids knowing Jesus. First generation. Think about that. The first generation. My grandparents, no. You have to make that choice. What's just one simple application, and it's not on their core. This is one thing that stood out to me as we we lay the foundation. Now, what's going to happen? I know we went through a lot of Scripture. And we went through Luke chapter 2. And we went through some of Matthew. But as we get into Wednesday, we're going to break down Matthew chapter 1 through 18. And then next Sunday, we're actually going to go through those verses a little more in detail of Luke. We're actually going to get, we're going to get into it a lot deeper. And that's why we, Advent season is going to be a few teachings. We'll probably have five teachings on it. But all we're trying to do right now is to lay down the foundation that one, Jesus Christ is the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we pour the concrete, you need to understand that. And so hopefully next week the concrete will be dry and you'll be ready to build the next part of the house. <laughs> or hopefully you come see us on Wednesday at 7 and join us. So application just one. The shepherds went glorifying and praising and told everything that they had heard and seen. Remember, the good news should have great joy in us for all people. Okay? It's, it's, it's good news and it's for all people. And we need to get out there and share the gospel. In, in the community. Okay? In the community. But at the same thing, there's probably some of you that probably, is, as we'll pray, and, and uh, you know, whether you're watching online or, or you, you may be going through something that you think, this is impossible. This thing that I'm going through, there's no way that God's going to get me through this. And, and let me tell you, man, uh, for nothing will be impossible with God. Uh, if you get anything from out of that verse, I love that. And the other thing is, if you need to know why Jesus came, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, and, and she will bring forth a son, and she will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You ever need to share the gospel with somebody? That's the verse, verse Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Why did Jesus come? To save us from our sins. Very simply put. Very simply put. And so, whatever you're going through, whatever's happening in your life, God, man, but God, Reach out to the Lord and just keep praying. Let's, let's go ahead and close out in prayer. And we'll call it a Sunday. Father God, we thank you so much for the Word, uh, for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your Son uh, 
that you were uh, that Jesus was born and, and his flesh dwelt among us and we watched him go from the cradle to the cross to the crown uh, we know that his his uh, that he will be returning uh, we thank you so much for uh, for all that you're doing in our lives and I pray if there's anybody here that's maybe they've they've had just a, the beginning of December has just been like what in the world is going on the stress, the anxiety, the, the depression, the, the fear, the stresses that happen during this time of year, I pray, Lord, that, um, that we would give that over to you. Uh, at the same time, Lord, there are things that, that we, may, we may have somebody that we know that we say that if they were, if they were to die today, they wouldn't know you. And, and they would go to hell. And, and, and I pray, Lord, as we talk about salvation, that their eyes, their heart would see salvation uh, before they, they depart this earth, Lord. And we all have family members and friends and, and people that we know at work that, that need Jesus. Allow us to have great joy in sharing the gospel. Allow us to be loving, to share it with grace and truth. And Lord, let us be the light during this this time of year uh, let us remind people that christmas is about christ um and, and we just ask lord that you just continue to bless the marriages and the families and 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 just each one of us lord that we would be obedient and humble and empty ourselves daily and be in your word and we just ask these things in jesus name amen Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.